What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 104.2, and we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Assassin's Creed Origins. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yes, it has been a while. Um, I went on vacation last week. Uh, I actually finished this game two days after we recorded the last episode. So you're going to have to bear with me if I don't remember everything. And it's not going to be an if. It's going to be I don't remember everything. <laughs> it is a guarantee. It is a guarantee. The The last thing I remember us talking about and getting ready to do was taking on the crocodile, who was the last target on our list, um, which, of course, we, we, we've... We've come to accustomed to they now add more targets for us to do. <laughs> yep. And th this was kind of the point of the game for me. If there was a bit of a lull, I think it was right around this section of the game. And not, not that much changed, I guess. But what I, what I was encountering, I think maybe just in the, the couple of missions after this, was more of a level requirement jump. I feel like there were a couple that were like three levels from one mission to the next, and I found myself having to fill some time and fill some side quests to get ready for the next story mission. Yes. So that definitely happened with me. So uh, I beefed up my character... Bayek was pretty, pretty, pretty good for the first half of this game. Second half yep. of this game, uh-uh. It didn't matter how many, uh, how many places I went to and discovered stuff. It didn't matter how many tombs I had finished. All that exploring helped me out the first of the game, but the last half of this, last third of this game was okay. You're gonna have to grind a little bit. Yep. And I actually, it was a little strange for me because I was looking at my list, looking at my map, and I'm like, I don't actually see anything I can do, really. I mean, I just, as I started to go back and explore a little bit more, I had a number of things open up, so I was never really stuck by any means, but I, I did have to do some searching and a lot of traveling all across Egypt to try and find some of these side missions. Yeah, as did I. Um, so the the... The, the the crocodile is revolving around the 
it's not the Coliseum, obviously. It's it's uh, it's an arena, basically. And um, Bayak runs into another Egyptian fighter who he recognizes. Now, is this just somebody he knows, or is this his sister? Ooh, I thought it was just somebody he knows. See, for some reason... Childhood friend, I thought. Maybe, because I, I could never actually tell if it was like his sister, because at times it was like they were really, really close, and then it was... They still had that camaraderie as a friend, kind of thing. Yeah, and I was just like, I, I, like, I was, I was genuinely confused during this whole part. Cause I was like, I don't, is it his sister? Is it just a friend or what? Like, I could not figure it out. Um. Yeah, I, I also kind of thought, should I care? Like, it's pretty late in the game if it was his sister to be introducing her. This is this is very true. Uh, what happened? And then she's out of the story again fairly quick after. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely out of the story in my game. So, <laughs> I guess we should just go ahead and get into it. Um, we do these arena quests because we're trying to figure out who the crocodile is. Well, um, they want us to fight in the arena. We're tag teaming with our friend slash sister or whatever she is, um, and we go up the ranks. The reason why is because the guys that are at the top uh, know who the crocodile is. They are they are hitmen for the for the crocodile, I guess. And so we're trying to reach them. When we get to them, we figure out who the crocodile is, which is this Greek woman, older woman. Yeah, who was I guess. Go ahead. I, th- I think her name, yeah, her name is Berinke. 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 Yeah, something like that. But she was. She also had like a hand in the. Would you say the management of the arena? Like she was. She like organizing fights at all. I I think she was kind of the boss of the guy who did organize. Or was the she fights. just there watching? No, no, she she did have her hand yeah, in in okay. the arena, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, hang on one second. Can you hear that music? I cannot. Okay, all right, just making sure. My wife is playing music. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know if, if... So I did just find an article that says that this was an old friend of his. Okay. Kensa, the girl. Okay. So an old friend. Uh, yeah. So we had to take out the crocodile. Um, th- the crocodile basically has a whole gang of people that surround her. And she's walking through this. It's almost like a little village. Um, so you basically have to to navigate through this entire area to reach her. Now I stuck to rooftops. 
and I, I, I attempted to take her on during the day. So she's moving around the village here area and I get my opportunity. Now she's, so I need to paint the picture because I'm on, I'm on a rooftop and I'm using the Eagle vision to basically see her outline. And I see her walking with a few people and I, I can't see her physically because the, the rooftop that I'm on is basically blocking the vision of it. So I have the, I have the ability to just jump down from the rooftop and assassinate this person. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it in broad daylight. So I get the prompt to assassinate. I jump down and I land on my friend who apparently has been walking around with her. Yeah. Because she was her like sponsor. Yeah. So I end up assassinating my friend. Kensa. Oh man. And I killed. Yeah, she really wasn't in your story very long. Yeah. And so she's dead. And then I just, I chain assassinate cause I have that new, that ability to where if I assassinate somebody, I can immediately assassinate another person. And I chain. Ooh, I don't have that one. That's nice. Yeah, that was nice. So anytime you assassinate somebody, even if you were spotted, you could immediately like throw a dagger at another person that you can see and it kills them instantly or does major damage to them if they're higher, higher level. So I chain assassinated. I killed yeah, a lot of my assassinations late in the game weren't full assassinations, right? It's only partial damage. Yeah. That, cause I kept, I kept doing stuff because I ran out of things to do that gave me XP. Yeah, and, like exploration, you mean? Yeah, and well, even just like side quests and stuff, like. But anyway, after taking out the crocodile, we return back to Alexandria, and meet back up with uh, Aya and Cleopatra. And Cleopatra has been uh, been busy since we've last seen her. Um, she has created a ploy uh, to basically woo Julius Caesar. So she uh, uh, needs to get. She, she finds out that Caesar is is uh, visiting Alexandria, and she wants to get a an audience with him. So we help her meet up with Julius Caesar. This is also when we formally align with her, right? And she asks us to be her Magi? Uh yes. So she she is she's all about the the please please well no that that happened previously. Did we, I thought it was after we came back from killing the crocodile. Mm, Maybe not. I I don't uh I may be wrong. I can't remember. Which is saying a lot so um but yeah so we get her we get her an audience with julius caesar and she has this ploy of getting in the good graces of him uh and hopefully getting her stepbrother uh removed as pharaoh of egypt and mm -hmm. caesar is completely infatuated with her 
did this happen in real life? That's I assume that the, these big events were actually based more on reality, but I, I'm not sure. Okay. I I never. I I don't know. I I don't know if 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 Caesar like became infatuated with her, and I I think it's almost alluded to that they were going to marry at some point. Yep. Um. But yeah, she she gets in good, uh, and um, the only thing left is to take out the the head guys that are directly under the pharaoh, uh, and at this point, yep, Ptolemy's royal guard. Yeah, at this point we finally kind of start to discover uh, what's going on. So the big thing that's revealed is nobody has ever figured out where Alexander the Great was buried. Well, they know. And the only way to get to it is by using that orb. And it's up under the library of Alexandria, right? I think so. Okay. So we go down to the tomb, and as we're there, oh, Ptolemy's guys show up, and they take the, I would just call them weapons of power, the the, the ancient ones, um, items, and uh, basically gain supernatural abilities uh one of them is that's why these are the two highest highest ranking members right i i would assume so because they they just kind of just took all this this great power and just you know basically decimated uh, a part of egypt with them um it was forcing one of the objects has the ability to to influence people to kill themselves or fight each other. Basically, turn them into like zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Mindless anyway. Yeah. So um, we have to go find these two guys out. There's two of them. Um. Yeah, the scorpion and the the scorpion and the what now? The jackal? Jackal, yeah. Um, and this leads us on like a, a deeper rabbit hole that I was like, I wasn't ready for, I don't think. Because, <laughs> like level-wise? Well, well level-wise as well as, man, there's a lot more to this story. Um, but but the, it doesn't really matter because from this point that I'm talking about to the end of the game is maybe three hours. Yeah, I, the ending was pretty quick in this game. Especially, you know, throw in a couple of, like, legitimate boss fights. Yeah. So one of the boss fights is a elephant 
or more particularly a guy riding an elephant, which was the jackal, right? Or was it a scorpion? I can't remember. Ooh. It, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was a scorpion, but I'm not sure now. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. One of them is the, the, the right-hand man to Julius Caesar. That's the important one. That's the one that we need to get. Um... So yeah, the boss fight. We have the boss. I know I'm skipping a lot, but I'm sorry. I, 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 there's there's more to it that I will get into in a second. But we have the boss fight with the guy on the elephant. We take down the elephant, beat him. Felt weirdly like a scene out of uh, Yakuza. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but he he doesn't die. He gets away. That's the that's the end guy that we need to get. The other guy is the one with the the power to influence people. That's the one that we have to take out next. This boss fight is weird. It's unlike any other boss fight in this game. Because <laughs> he is teleporting. He is summon- ghosts at you. Yeah, summoning <laughs> ghosts to attack you. Um he splits into different versions of himself. Uh, it, it's weird. And honestly, during this fight, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I still, for the life of me, I could not figure out like, am I doing this right? So basically what I ended up doing was just holding down the charge heavy attack button until I got fully charged and then waited for him to come at me and just unleashed it. And it would usually knock him down, and I get a couple more hits in. Yep. Yeah, I was never sure what I was doing either. I definitely was attacking him, and it was definitely clear when your attacks were doing damage versus the ghost or the ghost versions of him where they would just evaporate. But I was never sure if it was a certain number of ghosts I needed to clear to get back to him or if if there was something else dictating when the real form came back. I never really knew. Me either. I just kept going until he died. Yeah, the ghosts weren't really hitting me at all, so I'm like, all right, well, I guess I can keep this up. And since he would spontaneously and irregularly come back in a form where I could hit him, I'm like, I I guess I don't need to figure anything out. There's no puzzle here. Either there is one and it doesn't matter, or there just isn't one. Either way, I can just, as long as I'm protecting myself so I don't, lose life as, as this goes on, I, you know, I'll eventually get to the end of it. Yeah. K- kind of strange. It was a strange one. Um, the, the only, the saving grace of this game at the end of it for me was the, uh, final fantasy sword because it had life leech. So every time I hit a guy, I would get healed. Mm. You know, that's funny. I, I was using that for ages. So I only used two swords in this whole game. I used the one that was causing poison then when I got the Final Fantasy sword, I used that and my weird four-legged chocobo. <laughs> half camel, half mutant chocobo. I don't know. It was strange. It's weird. I know it was clearly – or was it a camel dressed up like in drag as, as a chocobo? I don't know. But when you had said that, I was imagining you just riding around on a chocobo. And then I got it myself, 
And like, why does it still have four legs and like camel knees? I don't know. I I I can tell you that is because the game had to program it that way. Yeah, yeah. You can't have an animal with just two legs because they would have to change the way the game rides an animal. Yep. Rather than just reskinning it. Yeah. Right. So. So yeah, I, I used that sword and shield, and I had upgraded those for ages, and then I ended up switching back to my the the exact same poison sword that I got at the beginning of the game. Why is that? Because I actually had a couple of boss fights, or a couple of, not even boss fights, it was just those kind of like barracks infiltration sections. Mm-hmm. I had a couple where it was in that kind of lull where I didn't, I wasn't a high enough level. I was trying to infiltrate one of these barracks, but I was three levels under the required level, and it was tough. And so the only way that I was able to finally beat it was to make sure that I had fire arrows and just pepper the target with a fire arrow in the head and then kind of dance around and disappear, hit him a couple of times with my poison sword, and then dance around and disappear for a little bit and let the poison and the fire tick his life down. Because I couldn't stand toe-to-toe with him plus three or four regular guys plus one or two other like giant axe-wielding guys. I really had to dart in and dart out at three levels under. Yeah. And I, I really felt like I needed that poison as a supplemental way to deal damage. Yep. I ended up the exact same way. There were multiple barracks that they forced you to go into. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm level 31, these guys are level 33, and the bosses of these areas are like level 34. I am not going to be able to handle this. But I did anyway. I would... There was a lot of reloading in this last part here. Yeah. Yeah, I had those one or two sections where... I mean, I had one, probably the worst one in the whole game, and I must have tried it 15 times. That The one where I was three levels under, I actually tried it probably 10 times, and then just formally said, I give up, and went and said, I'll have to scour Egypt for more levels. And then I came back when I was at the right level. It still took me a couple of tries, but it wasn't It wasn't like it was when I was three levels under. Yeah. If you're three levels under, you get hit twice, you're dead. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely a two-hit two hit death. Yep. So, um, after that boss fight, we do kill this guy. Uh, and we take the uh, the orb... That he had, I believe it was the orb, right? That was what he was using. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. we hide it. Yep. Yeah, we ended up putting it in the in the box at the end of the game. Yep. And so uh, we decide to uh, go back to Alexandria, and um, when we get back, Cleopatra's kind of changed her tune. She's like, "Yeah, don't." Don't worry about the other guy. He's with Caesar. And I'm kind of with Caesar now. And this is kind of for the benefit of Egypt, a.k.a. benefit of me, Cleopatra. (laughs) Yeah, it was a crazy scene when, when they wouldn't let you kill that guy, Septimius. Yeah. And then you can kind of see that they're all joining together and then we and and Aya are kind of no longer in the inner circle. Yeah, we don't we don't need you anymore. You're you you're good. 
and of course Ptolemy, um, while this is going on, um, is killed by not really by Aya. She um she basically sinks his boat that he's on. Yep, and then, and then eaten by crocodiles. The crocodiles show up and take him out they are pretty aggressive the number of times i was trying to just swim across the lake and they would not leave me alone yeah they they are very persistent yeah <laughs> more so than even the hippos or some of the other aggressive animals i'll tell you the most freaking animal in this game was the freaking eagles <laughs> it was it was eagles or vultures or something it was bird this, yeah this bird followed me through a freaking another region oh uh, no way yeah Dude, I was I was I was running for at least five minutes. Was this from one of the dens? Yeah, from one of the dens. Yeah, it was the it was the boss of the den, and yeah. I was like, really? Like they don't get tethered back to the den area? This sucker followed me. I swear, like in, in game miles, probably fifty miles. <laughs> Just That's const- dedication. constantly dive bombing me. I'm like, leave me alone. Should swap out, train that one, use it in place of your own eagle. Yeah, no kidding, right? But, uh, yeah, so we get betrayed, or, well, just thrown to the side by Cleopatra because she's got bigger plans. She's going to be getting in with Caesar, and uh, we're going to, uh, we've already removed Ptolemy, so I'm going to become the new pharaoh of, of Egypt. And uh, we really don't need you anymore. Well, this angers uh, Bayak. It also angers Aya. And they both uh, decide, you know what? We've been screwed over by the queen. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get our revenge? And they uh, they meet up with some more like-minded people that have been screwed over. Yep. And form a brotherhood, if you will. Yeah, if you will, and the game really wants you to. Yeah, they use that they use that word, the brotherhood, a few times. Yeah, and uh, they also say we're we're, we're assassins. <laughs> I wonder what our creed's gonna be. Ha ha. They kind of do push that. Yeah, pretty hard. But uh, yeah, so we we officially form the brotherhood. Uh, which is the birth of the creed, which I believe is actually the name of the quest itself. And, uh, yeah. So now we know what our objectives are. We're going to kill that one dude who's been on our list this whole time and officially do it for real. Yep. Uh, and we have a very big boss fight with him. What I originally thought was going to be just, you know, another sneaking mission to then, you know, stealthily kill this dude. No, he puts up a pretty good fight. Right there on the grounds. Uh, and, and in this part, we're playing as Aya. Yep. And uh, she decides to do this for herself. Um, she has that rushdown ability, which is fantastic. 
where if you ever get somebody on the ground, she just goes up to them and stabs them like 15 times. Yep. And you can keep, I, I don't know. Again, I wasn't sure if it was based on how quickly I tapped the button, but I can assure you I was speed tapping. Oh, I was too. And uh-huh. I don't know if it was just like, yeah, as, as long as you trigger the, you know, the, the continual attack, it'll happen. I didn't, you know, I couldn't tell if it was a yes or no thing or if it was a gradation and the faster you press, the more hits you get in. Didn't matter. I was going to slam yep. on that button. <laughs> yep, me too. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up killing him. This is Flavius? Flavius, is that his name? Is that right? I think he, so. He's like the, the top general? First yeah, they call him the, the Lion. The Lion, yeah. And uh, taking him out, there is one final bit that we need to do. And I should say that the last part of this is all pretty much a... So were you able to do that section like you did the bathhouse and just get all the way to the door and enter without having to fight everyone? Uh, Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I could have, but I just basically took them in sections. So I had like four group fights as I made my way across the courtyard before I got to that front door. I I became a master of getting spotted and having like ten guys surround me and then going into some bushes and everybody's like, what the, where the hell did they go? And <laughs> and I just keep going. <laughs> so I, I, that's what mm-hmm. I did. I, I started sneaking. I got spotted a couple of times, hid in the bushes. And then just kept sticking to either high ground or bushes, and then made it to the front door, and made it to the uh, to the Senate. Because mm, I definitely considered that a gauntlet. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have four full group fights before I even get near the boss. Yeah, no. And I, you know, even as I was doing it, I'm like, there's probably an easier way here, but I feel like at that point, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm. I understand the combat. I know how to not die in these fights, so I might as well just brute force my way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's totally a viable option, especially if you're at a high enough level for it. Yeah, I'm not sure I was, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's a different story. <laughs> but uh, I got pretty good at dancing around people. I feel like she is more nimble than Bayek. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. Plus, as much as I, I like, as much as I like his ability to go into, like, rage mode, which I think the best upgrade I had in this whole game was starting with that bar filled at the beginning of every fight. Yep. Because fights play out much quicker and much easier when I can get that full sequence in before anybody really even gets to touch me. Yes. So Um, that, that, on top of that... Having that that instant kill or or almost instant kill fully available at the beginning of a fight, and having yeah. the ability to when you kill a guy with a signature ability or your your you know special ability, you can then throw that person's weapon at another guy and maybe only almost instant kill him too was superb. Yep. And hers was, I guess, even easier to use because it just auto-targeted and auto, you know, power-attacked them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with him, sometimes with with Bayek, sometimes I would I would activate it, and then I still wouldn't actually be able to get behind somebody for a, for a bit. And I felt like I was wasting some of my 
you know, my best offense on just trying to position myself better. And with her, like, it didn't matter if the person had a shield up, didn't matter if they were two foot away or ten foot away. You know, it was kind of automatic. It was a little easier on, with her, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, running the gauntlet. So I should say that uh, um, Bayek stays in Egypt uh, to continue with this brotherhood. Um, and uh, Aya travels to, 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 to Greece. Or no, what, what was it? Where, to, Rome? Yeah, I think she went to Rome. Rome. Yeah, at the end she definitely did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, we do with that gauntlet is running up to the, the Senate doors and, um, basically sneaking in during the Senate meeting and us being the initiators of uh, Julius Caesar's death. Yep. Just, uh, running up to him and kind of stabbing him. And then everybody yeah, else. Yeah, no defense like, at the end. No, no, it was it was. I stood there and listened to his speech, and then after he stopped talking, and he kind of stood there and just looked around, and it, it kind of plays in a in a loop a little bit. Yeah, I just went up to him and stabbed him, and then when I stab him, <laughs> everybody else is like, "You know what? I've got a knife." <laughs> You're right. We hate him. We we freaking hate him. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. <laughs> and so everybody joins in, uh, including uh, a guy who we've completely not mentioned, uh, uh, Brutus, which is Julius uh, Caesar's son. Yeah, <laughs> I should mention that we do we do team up with him. Which, granted, they shoehorn that in at like the the last hour. Yep. Um, and of course, you know Caesar does his. Hit to Brute, or you too, Brutus. <laughs> yep, and it's just him at the end, right? Even after everybody stabbed him, some there's no way I feel like he could have even been alive to 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 speak words at that point. This is true. I mean, he's been stabbed like a hundred times. Yeah, and he gets one more stab, and so he still gets his final final commentary in. Yep. And uh, yeah. We, we we are a, a part of the killing of Julius Caesar, the assassination of Julius Caesar, which has always kind of been the case with these uh, Assassin's Creed games. It's always been uh, major momentous things in history, and it's always that the assassins have always had their hand in it in some way. Yeah, and you didn't know just because that's how good they are at keeping themselves in the shadows. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, after that, we, uh, we get the, the ending cut scene with, uh, Aya writing a letter to Bayek and she sends it to him via Eagle and, uh, shows Bayek reading the, the letter and, uh, Bayek has, uh, now devoted himself to the Brotherhood of Assassins. And uh, you take over as Bayek, and that's the end of the game. You can now run around and do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, there's a fair bit of emotional bits there at the end of the game. There is. Where 
you know, him and Aya basically say, I don't know, like, she, she, she keeps asking him, what are you for? What do you stand for? Right? And they decide to end the relationship, and, you know, they've been not with each other for a while, kind of devastated by the loss of the child, and now wanting to set up this brotherhood in different cities, and they just kind of end things. Yes, they 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 most certainly do that. The, uh, during that cutscene, we also get the how the um, the logo the logo was created. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, again, a little bit kind of ham fisted. Like, did it need to be a big reveal? Maybe. I mean, it, it was cool the way it came about, right? Uh, but you know, I couldn't help but roll my eyes a little bit at it. I'm like, I like this, but it, you know, of course. Know. <laughs> It's a little bit, yeah. It's, it's got to be some cool reason, right? It can't just be that they had a logo because it looked cool. Right. But, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I I don't remember a lot of this game. I don't know if that's telling of the, of the storytelling of this game. I think it is, if we're being honest. Yeah, I think it is, and it's interesting for me because I haven't played, like, an open-world game in so long, and I haven't... I mean, I guess that's not true. If you count Horizon as open-world, Spider-Man as open-world, sure. I have played some, and I, I I would argue that they have vastly better stories and characterization. But, you know, I didn't expect that out of this game, right? It, it's an Assassin's Creed game of many. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I thought it, it started strong. I really liked the open-world parts of it. I thought it ended fairly well. It picked up the pace a bit, but only after it hit kind of the slowest part of the game. Yes. So that that that's the biggest complaint for me is that you have this build up that eventually once you kill the crocodile, this game goes from 0 to 100. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you're doing this now, you're doing this now. You have a boss fight here, and this, and this, and this, and you kill Caesar. The end. And I'm like, what? I'm like, well, man, what? What happened? You know, it, it was the, it was. I would never call it a slog, but it was definitely a slower paced story. And all of a sudden, last three hours is go 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 go. Also, we're throwing much of the expedition exposition in here right now. Yeah. Felt it felt a little bit like Nino Cooney how that game ended where everything everything was thrown in at the end. Yeah, story wise. Yeah, and it just came off rushed. I was like, oh man, this is like. But yet, I, I felt like I was like, oh, there's a lot more to this game because it, it, you know I, there was two, two new targets I had to take out, and I was like, oh, it's, it's going to keep going. Now we're we're going through this this village that's like been devastated by the supernatural power that's making people fight each other and stuff like that. And, and I meet with this woman and like they had this, they have this character who we're supposed to care about. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is and I don't really care who they are because I met them in the last two hours of the game. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. yeah I thought the pacing was a little odd in the game. The first half was all like good build up. The second half was just, you know, hot and cold. Yeah. I, I still, I still cannot say that I didn't enjoy the crap out of this game, though. Yep. And there's actually a part, you know, I don't I don't even know if I can 
explain it well enough to convey it. But one of my favorite parts of the game, I think it was actually around the, the crocodile section, I felt like, and maybe it's just because I was forced to do more side missions, but I, I really, more of them had to do with how the people were being exploited. Maybe this was after the crocodile, I'm not sure. But I, I felt like I was doing side mission after side mission that had to do with how people were being exploited. And so when we finally were able to kill the the boss, it it really felt more like vindication for the people. And that's I feel like that's been kind of the intent of the whole game, but I really only felt it in that one one section of the game. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I know, I know I'm leaving it on a, on a kind of the down note because I, I didn't like how the story just kind of wrapped up so quickly. Um, but I, I can't, I would be lying if I said I didn't thoroughly enjoy my time with the game. The, the, the world and the exploration were bar none. I have not, I have not explored a game with such delight in years. Yeah. I th- I feel like the last game that I I explored so much of the world was probably Infamous or Infamous 2. The, mm-hmm. Those two I I was obsessed with those two games. I platinum the first game. I didn't platinum the second game, I don't think. But um I, I still think I only have one or two trophies to get in that first one. Yeah, the first one's relatively easy. You just gotta you, you gotta find all those uh those blast shards. I think is what it's called. Yeah, but um, I I oh, I adored the first Infamous, loved it, and the second one was okay. Uh, it wasn't as good as the first one, but those two worlds I fell in love with. I wanted to get everything in them. I wanted to explore everything I could. I liked the characters a lot in that game. Um, it had, it was the entire package for me. I hadn't done that kind of like, I want to do this, see everything kind of thing since then. And, and Assassin's Creed Origins opened that back up for me. I I had this from the first, from the ending of the first episode that we recorded to the beginning of this episode that we recorded I had a ball. It was all exploration, doing these tombs. I found all the things I found, like it was almost like I stumbled upon them at times. And it was like this, it was something special. Like I, I yeah. had so much fun with that. I feel like that's what every open world game would, would want to employ, right? You would, you would hope people would have that sense of discovery. That's the whole idea of, in my mind, why there would be an attraction to an open world game. Right. If you can go anywhere, make it rewarding to do so. Yes. Um, and uh, the the amount of time that I put into Red Dead Redemption 2, I have not finished that game. I don't think I even got close to finishing that game. And I still, it's still on my backlog, and I really want to play it. But that game had that. Um, it was, yeah. it was impressive. The, the exploration in that game, the things that you can run into, I still find it insane 
how much they squeezed into that game uh and and the 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 amount of nuances of how you approach things that game is top notch i just wish i had time to play it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i I still enjoyed the crap out of this game. Um, I know I, I said it could possibly be in like my top 20. I take that back now because while I still enjoy my time with it, I liked it a lot. It's to be in the top 20, you got to have the big three. You got to have the world, the story and the gameplay and while I don't think the gameplay was ever bad it wasn't impressive yeah I thought it was very solid like the combat especially yes it wasn't I didn't feel like it was super dynamic no like I was never really adapting to the situation I I was getting better and better at the core mechanics that that it had but I, I was I was never really testing the limits of what what could be done, and there's a skill tree, and you do open up some some beneficial skills. But it it's not like I felt like I was crafting a character with all kinds of new abilities, and and you know I was really differentiating my bike from anyone else's. Right. I, that's exactly how I feel. So I, like while it's while it's still a great game, and I adore it. I don't think I will go back to it. And I, I, I know I will not 100% it. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. But what I did do, all the stuff that I did do, I'm glad I did because I had a great time doing it. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I, I don't think it was ever in the running for my top 20, but a bit less so after having finished it. Yeah. Because I thought it was a very, you know, good game overall you know it was it was fun to play i thought the combat was never too aggravating i you know i did have a lot of fun with it but the the things i kind of had fun with the things i enjoyed the most like the, like infiltrating the barracks aren't hyper memorable they were just fun in the moment of can i get through this can i can i do it am i going to be able to sort out my path along the edge am i going to try and go in surgically and just take out the boss and then and then run like hell you know i mean it was fun minute to minute but i i don't know that it like built into this thing that i'm going to carry with me forever right and it's i mean in my mind every one of these open world games at least in the last couple of years i'm going to bring back to Horizon Zero Dawn because that was my favorite. I mean, for, for me, between I thought the characters were good, but I thought the world, the exploration, the combat, the story were all like at the top of the game. And while, and I, I think even there, I thought the combat was more interesting. Maybe not quite as. I don't know. I, I guess I would say. I was going to say that I don't think it was quite as as quick. It was it was a bit more of like a thinking combat, but maybe that's not even true. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the combat much more in, in Horizon overall. I like the idea of setting traps, although you never really do it as much as I imagined I would. Right. But it did add the kind of dynamic that I think this, this game was lacking. Because yeah. really, what did I do in any fight? I walked in, 
it's either heart attack, it's light attack, or it's play with my fire arrows a bit. But n- none of that really changed the way that you would interact with combat. Yeah. Or the bosses, right? Most of the bosses, I mean, it was it was dodge and strike and dodge and strike, and that's fine, and it worked really well, but it, it just... It, it was like they executed perfectly on what they were trying to do. They just weren't being very ambitious with what they were trying to do. Right. So there you go. So let, let me ask you this, Matt. After playing Assassin's Creed Origins, are you interested in playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yeah, that was going to be my number one question. I, I definitely am. I definitely would like to see how the different games... Because, again, this is still my first real Assassin's Creed other than the first one that I've put more than an hour into. Right. And those two are wildly different games. I'm curious how the current model evolves over these most recent three games. Uh, I guess the more connected the games are, the more interested I'd be in them. If if you just tell me it's a slightly different setting and you're going to have a different list of people to assassinate and there's no growth from game to game to game, I'd be a bit less enthused about it, but I would still really like to play it. If if they are more connected and it it's clearly better as you know I've heard it may be, and if there is more of a link between the games, that would really elevate it to. All right, I could I could see the short number or the small number of short scenes that we had in the present in Origins. If those build to something in Odyssey, yeah, that that just the more that happens, the the more interested I I am. So I don't know, but I I assume that they are going to return return to that, um, which we completely did not mention any of the modern yep. day stuff because there's there's two big ones yeah. story wise right yeah the the one where uh the the person that was on the comms um with Layla uh is killed by yep. Abstergo and then they send uh people to kill Layla and you have to actually play as her killing guys. <laughs> yeah. With no with no uh no assassin's blade. No flame arrows. Oh, she does have the blade though, doesn't she? She has the assassin's blade. She has Bayek's old thing one. She has. Yeah. Yeah. Um but um and then she goes directly back into the animus for some reason. Yeah, it was weird. I, I was thinking <laughs> I was like do they do they not have cell phones or radios? Yeah, my thought was, wow, this game does not want me to play in the present. Yeah, you you got your five minutes outside. Now go back in. Yeah, and then at the end there, um, she runs into uh, William Miles. Liam Miles. There you go. Which is William? Yeah, William Miles. I can't remember, but uh, yep. it's supposed to be Desmond's father. Yeah, it says present day mentor of the Assassin's Brotherhood. Who basically created the Animus. And recruits her? Yeah. But she doesn't trust him? Yeah. 
So that's kind of where we leave off. <sighs> Sorry, I know this is a mess of a podcast. <laughs> I don't. I did enjoy the game, though. I, I, mean, I did too. I did too. I had a great yeah. time with it. I don't. I don't want to come off as negative because it, it really was a fun game to play. Yeah, I don't want to come off as negative either because I like the the last sure the last two two hours last last part of this game kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth because it's just how rushed it was, and it, especially when it came to introducing characters and just be like, yeah, you're going to have to kill these guys in like 30 to 40 minutes. So why do I care about this person? You know, uh, I, I feel like Bayek and, and, uh, Aya's relationship was, was pretty well done. They, they, they pushed it pretty well. Um, and yep. I feel like that, that had a good beginning and ending. Uh, but the rest of it, I was just like, mm, we rushed this a little bit too fast guys. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought that their ending in particular had a had a good sense of closure. I mean, not the happy ending that you might imagine or hope for for them, but it, you know, it, it certainly felt like it stemmed off of what they've done and what's happened in the game. So it felt a bit grounded in that sense. And you know, you can you can certainly imagine that that the death of a child would would hollow you out and you know, cause rifts to be formed and, you know, all that. And so I, I thought that was a believable natural outcome of yeah. that. And the, the other thing I, I did really like were all those post-death scenes. Yes. I thought they were interestingly artistically different than the rest of the game, most of the rest of the game. And, you know, provided a little bit of an emotional punch. I, again, I wish there had been more build up to the assassination so that I felt more satisfaction when they were dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, but barring that, I thought those scenes were executed really well. I think so too. So, and I like how, didn't they tie, maybe I was overreading into it, but t to me, it seems like those scenes were really about, about Bayek kind of being at peace with killing them, yeah, and coming to coming to his grips with it, because he, I, I feel like with his son showing up in so many of them, it was really about like all of these actions are because I can't stop thinking about you, and I still need. I, I I need that sense of closure there. I need to kill all of those responsible for you. So I felt like even though each one of those scenes was based around the person you've assassinated, it really seemed like it was more about his ability to let them go and to, you know, to come to terms with the assassination rather than anything having to do specifically with the person who was assassinated. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I, I get you. I think I think in the end it was it was the 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 age old um, tale of revenge can't bring your loved ones back. Yep. Uh, Even if it's what's driving him. Yeah, and, that, and he had to finally come to terms with that. And in the end, when he did come to terms with that, he had he basically had to leave his wife because of it. Yep. So. 
So I don't know. I feel like there's enough character moments in there to kind of lend some gravity to the end of the game. So right. I, I, as much as I, I completely agree that it, it felt a bit rushed at the end, I felt like that's also when you got most of the character moments. So it, it's kind of why it was a little hot and cold for me. Because I, I was I was liking some parts more than any other part in the game, and kind of disliking some other parts in the pacing. Yeah. But yeah, I would be certainly curious to see what Odyssey does differently and how it how it builds on Origins. Absolutely, I'm I'm I really want to play or, uh, Odyssey, and um, because that's apparently the one you got to play. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry about that. I had to stop the recording for a second there. Anyway, Matt, continue. Yeah, I guess I was just gonna say what what I want most out of. Odyssey, having just finished up Origins. Um, you know, I, I assume we're definitely going to play it at some point, and for me, I think I would want I would want to see some building on the, the present day stuff as, as a pretty clear link between the games. And then, th- the other thing that I had been thinking, especially in the second half of the game, was that I wanted even more RPG elements and more optionality when it comes to crafting my character but it's it's kind of crazy to even say that because it in some ways it feels like I want less of what Assassin's Creed is and I want it to be more like other games True. <laughs> and I, I don't you know I don't want all games to homogenize into the same thing reskinned but I don't I don't know that adding that type of optionality would necessarily detract from it being an Assassin's Creed game, even though Origins is so wildly different from the first Assassin's Creed. Right. And even having those skill trees and I don't know. I think I think if if the I don't know, the more you play with the combat though, the less it ends up about, you know, stealth and hiding in the shadows and assassinating from the shadows. You know, even as we just birthed the Brotherhood, I didn't play any of this game really from the shadows. <laughs> Yeah, I tried, but if yeah. I, if I got discovered, ah, well, everybody's gonna die. So yeah, and I'm not even sure what I want, right? Like, if the more they had stuck to that kind of stealth aspect, the more I might have felt like an assassin, and I definitely didn't when I was just going in swords blazing, right? As I did to to most of the encounters. So, you know, I don't know. I feel like the things that would have made me enjoy it even a little better are the things that would have taken away from its core. So I'm not even sure what I want. To be honest with you, I don't either. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just... like Exploration. And and as much as I enjoyed the exploration in that game, make the exploration a little bit more rewarding... You know, I did. I'll do a tomb, sure, and if it means I'm just gonna, you know, get a skill point and 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 yeah, a couple other things like you know, currency or something like that. I'm just like, eh, you know, because I, while while sure, I went by a fact, but I I did a lot in this game to get that armor, and yep. and to find that that armor does nothing was a little bit of a bummer, and I was just like, man, I know it looks cool, but come on, like. Really? You can't just... 
not nothing like you know yeah if you're gonna put these little dungeons in there ought to be a piece of loot or something i mean it is a game with a lot of loot in it yeah so i don't know i i i hope they they add a little bit to it because you remember in, in horizon zero dawn which is a good example you do all that optional stuff why so you can finally get that armor that now gives you a shield you know, I mean, it's like, it's simple. Yeah. It's not that hard. Just give me something that's that's good. I have no problem, no problem at all, being overpowered in my video games. <laughs> I don't, I have I, never understood that. I, I remember the first time this ever happened. I get it if it's a multiplayer thing. You can't have a person having one advantage over another person just because they have something that the other person doesn't, you know? Yeah. But in a single player game, I swear to you, this pissed me off so much. Borderlands two. I played a lot of Borderlands two. I really liked Borderlands two. And there were some items in that game, particularly a shield. I can't remember what it was called, but it was, it was, the, the shield to get it was because it was the best thing in the game almost the chase shield yeah and for some reason gearbox decided we're gonna do an update that's gonna nerf the crap out of that thing i'm like borderlands 2 is a single player game with co-op who cares if it's too overpowered that's what makes it fun. <laughs> That's what makes Diablo 3 fun. Diablo 3, they don't nerf stuff. And if they do, they have a really good reason for it. Because in Diablo 3, they want you to break the game. They want you to, to be overpowered as crap. And what they instead do, instead of, of nerfing things... And making it, you know, crappy. Instead, they give you options to play on a harder difficulty or, yep. you know, to make... So, so you're still overpowered, but this part's going to be even harder for you. If you want to do that, you don't have to. And you can still get the good stuff playing on an easier difficulty. It's just not going to happen as often. Like the, I, I, that is the perfect way to approach a video game. Is you want to do this in our game? By all means, do it. I just like I, I know I'm going on a tangent here. It has nothing to do with Assassin's Creed, but like, I can't stand it when developers. Like Destiny is a bad one because here's the problem with Destiny. I played Destiny for years. Everybody knows this. They're sick of hearing me talk about Destiny, and I haven't played Destiny in a long time. But Destiny was the exact same way. And the reason why is because they lumped their multiplayer in with everything that you got in the single player or the co-op. Yeah. So the shotgun is really overpowered and people take it into the PvP. Well, we can't have that. So we're nerfing the shotguns. What? Now they're useless in the the story mode. What are you doing? You know, it's like, it makes no friggin' sense. Bungie, Bungie kind of lost it there for a long time. Just like nerfing, just doing mass nerfs on stuff. 
just because it's it's ruining the multiplayer. Well, there's an easy way to fix that. You you do loadouts. You make the, the multiplayer separate from the from the campaign yep. stuff. It's not that hard to do. Anyway, yeah, especially when because I I always envision a game like that that I, I'm going to play through the single player as my really long tutorial. Then I'm ready to go into multiplayer. So in my mind, they they're always separate because I'm never going to assume I can compete until I've gotten through the the campaign, right. or I just go directly into multiplayer and say screw it. And some people do that. Like I know Call yep. of Duty people. So I know people who don't even play the campaign of Call of Duty. Yep. So, but yeah, so we got we got a bunch of emails. We got four emails. Oh, nice. Uh, two of which come from the same person. Um, and the reason why is because three of these emails we got last week <laughs> and then one we got this week. So, uh, first one comes in from Jason and, uh, it's titled Assassin's Creed Origins and experience worth having. And he says, Hey guys, I have been enjoying listening to you play through Assassin's Creed Origins. I've heard plenty of good things about this game, but not enough to get drawn back into the Assassin's Creed world. I was an avid fan of the first half dozen games and probably one of the, uh, of the minority that thought that the movie was actually pretty good. Uh, these were games where I could parkour, parkour almost anywhere, though the through the detailed immersive environment environments generally only limited by areas important uh, for a later part of the story. Uh, the stories were full of what the fuck moments, the, the bleeding effect, giving Desmond the, uh, excuse me. I'm, I've lost my, my place here. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy today. The bleeding effect, giving Desmond <laughs> the, crazy. yeah, the assassin kill skills and ancient, from thousands of years ago, speaking to modern-day Desmond through his ancestor Ezio, or Desmond suddenly stabbing and killing his love interest. Spoiler alert, I didn't know about that one. Um, even Assassin's Creed 3 had you, the uh, you're playing as the bad guy twist included. However, the combination of the frequency of the games being rushed out in environments... Yeah. That were not as interesting, a lack of a strong lead character after Ezio and the disregard of the modern day story elements made me take a break from the series. The final nail in the coffin was the addition of experience points. This made the games cross into a different niche, which, uh, uh, where there were a number of other leveling based games that are so much better. And a previous the previous games gave enough progression in story, new abilities, and better equipment that I felt uh, more powerful as a character at the end, but it was definitely more of a subtle progression. So I'm curious as to where the story goes as you play it. I am also curious if that last piece holds true. How would you feel about this game if there was no experience points or leveling aspects, just free roam and storylines? I'll uh, keep gaming and I'll keep listening. Thank you for that email, uh, Jason. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I, that's I, exactly my, my, my dilemma. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like holding a player back is never good. I, I don't, I, 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 I period. I think, I feel like I, I have a very hard stance on that. 
And there are developers out there who know how to do that properly, and there are developers who don't. Uh, or they take the more archaic approach of, well, this guy is just going to kill you in two hits, so you need to come back to this later. That's not a really good way to approach your game, especially a game that's open world. I get it. Yeah, you need to hold people back from going here because, you know, that's later on in the story, sure. But when you have an open world where you can go anywhere you want to and do whatever you want to, why not go and, and, and liberate this camp? You know? But I, but I can't because I'm level 12 and it's level 32. You know? So I'm just like, what's the point of that? Um, as far as this game not having experience points or maybe like a loot system of sorts that akin to like a Diablo or an action RPG I can take it or leave it to be honest with you I use the exact same equipment throughout the whole game yep um uh, yeah I mean I, I guess that was kind of my point as well either because I yeah I don't know that it was integral enough and I, I don't think that it was the focus of the game so I don't know that it was ever compelling enough to be the reason to play it but it gives you something else to do. So, I mean, I, yeah, I almost feel like if they went all in or got rid of it completely, either one would be fine. Yeah. I feel like uh, the prog- – all right, so the, so the top three for me of reasons I played this game was the exploration, the – and then right following that would be the, the, the gameplay, including the progression – and then finally the story. Because honestly the story I feel like is one of the weakest parts of this game. Um, so since the game is not leading in with its story as much. You need to have that progression. Because otherwise you just have a, a game that plays decent with a, a story that's meh. Yeah I think you, we feel flat. You end up having, yeah, you end up having a mediocre game. So having having that yep. having that that um that progression system and and making the player do this stuff, even though I don't like how they handle it sometimes, I think is a necessary thing to to have that carrot on the stick to have people keep playing. All right, well if I can get to level thirty three I can go and do this. So it gives yep. a, it gives as, a person opposed, incentive. Yeah, as opposed to a story based game where it's progression through the narrative that is your progression. Yeah. Here, if you're not really going to have that in a meaningful way, yeah, I want my character to progress. Yeah. Not to say that I think the story in this game is bad. I just think it's it's slightly weak. There's a reason why they threw everything in in the last three hours of the game because they didn't have much story leading up to it. Yeah, especially when you do it in, in rounds like that where it's like you've got five people to kill. All right, I, I know what I'm doing. And then, ah, oh, surprise, now you've got four more people to kill. All right, well, I guess I'll kill those four. I mean, there was more to it than that, but... I, I, don't, I don't know, I... The story felt like it was there to give you four more people to kill. Yeah. That's that's what it and was. And it felt like if they had had another layer of four more people, they would have just found some way to shoehorn that in as well. Yeah. I didn't get the sense that this was exactly the number of people that was needed to tell the story. I feel like the story was fit 
around the number that they wanted you to assassinate. Yes. Yes. My thoughts exactly. Next email comes in from Chad. And it's titled Gladiator Games. Are you not entertained? <laughs> says, Hi, crew. I'm in the final hours of the game and plan to have it finished within the next couple of days. Not much to talk about with the story other than the events surrounding the crocodile assassination. Matt brought up a good point last week with one of his criticisms. The game doesn't take enough time with the characters, both allies and enemies, to really care about what happens to them. I remember feeling this way the first time I played through the game, and it is even more evident with this playthrough, especially with the crocodile missions. There is a little girl named Shada, who is the daughter of a couple... Okay, for some reason the recording stopped. This is going to be a mess of a podcast, so I'm just splicing it all together. <laughs> We're starting over. I'm going to read that paragraph again. Uh, as far as Chad's email goes. <clears throat> I'm in the final hours of the game and plan to have it finished within the next couple of days. Not much to talk about with the story other than the events surrounding the crocodile assassination. Matt brought up a good point last week in with, with one of his criticisms. Uh, the game doesn't take enough time with the characters, both allies and enemies, to really care about what happens to them. I remember feeling this way the first time I played through the game, and it is even more evident with this playthrough, especially with the crocodile missions. There is a little girl named Shada, who is the daughter of a couple that you help in Sam. Her death and the way she is killed is impactful, and I remember it hitting me in the fields in the first playthrough, but it could have been even more impactful. Like Matt said last week, it's not necessarily a problem with the game, but rather a series of missed opportunities. If Bayek had spent more time with Shada, maybe helping him move in several small missions, her death would have been even more emotional. Now, Matt, what were you saying? I was going to say, is that a pattern of all of the Assassin's Creed games where there isn't that build-up, or is that maybe more pronounced in this game? I feel like it's, it's more pronounced in this game because uh, the only... Because it's the kind of thing I would have thought would get better game to game to game. Yeah, yeah you you would think. So here's the, th here's the biggest thing I, I noticed through the Assassin's Creed games that I played. The reason why Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood are so renowned is because of Ezio. Ezio was a likable character that people enjoyed his, his mission as well as the characters that surrounded him. And while Bayek is a great character, I feel like, you're never with him long enough. Ezio got three games. Yep. So you get to see that person grow as as an assassin. Bayek, he's done. We're done talking about him, as far as I know. Um, yeah. And, and, and it feels like his story is done. Ezio felt like, like a, a longer version of... And then, of course, the Desmond Miles stuff, they pushed a lot harder in those games. While in this one, you play as Layla legit four times, and it's five-minute segments. Yep. 
it was almost an afterthought. I feel like I don't know how to how, like like I. It was obviously a choice that they had made. Because you know, if there's again multiple assassinations per game and so many games, you would think that that cycle of building up to an assassination would would be perfected. You know, what's the right amount of backstory? What's the right amount of lead up missions? You know, how how much do you need to care about the assassination? I would have just thought at this point in the series, they would have had that down. Because, it, again, it just kind of seemed... It, it seemed like there were obvious ways to beef that up and that just weren't in there. Yeah, you're right. And, and I think even on the main characters, I, I'd almost make a similar criticism. I think maybe my favorite mission of this whole game was the, the flashback where you get to escort your son. Right? Because you're actually playing it. It's instead of just, yes, my, my son was killed you actually get to see him as he was. You get that bond, that little bit of a God of War type bond that we, that we talked about. You know, t- to me, that, that that was the best mission in the game because it was so tied to everything that follows. Yeah. But it was like the only one. You never you never really get to see uh, Bayek and Aya together. So even the end of the game when they've decided not to be together anymore, that's in their life, that's a huge, a huge piece of it, a huge decision, a huge rift. But since we don't have as much of them together, it doesn't feel as impactful as it, as it might. Yeah. So, I mean, again, yeah, not a not a huge issue, but you know, I'm just just a little surprised given how many games they've made that that, that wasn't better built up, just kind of structurally. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Uh, says here, I wonder if some of this lack of curation is a byproduct of trying to get the game wrapped up and shipped. Another example is the end game. No spoilers. Well, we've already talked about it. It gives you a point of no return warning. The last six or seven main missions are steamrolled one into a, the other. It kind of feels like yep. they started running out of steam near the end and had to figure out a way to just streamline the story into a conclusion. You just wrapped up my entire thoughts. Yep. Also, uh, make sure you are around the recommended level 31 by the time you get to the point of no return because you won't have the opportunity to grind anymore. Yeah, I found that out myself. Uh, each of the final missions uh, stay within the level 31 to level 32 range and you will gain some experience but you may find it pretty tough if you're going into it too underleveled anyway my next email will be the wrap up which is probably in two weeks until next time Chad and the yep. next, a lot of good points yep, the next two emails come in from Dustin so we did not get a wrap-up email from Chad. Chad, I'm sure you will be sending that to us. Sorry, I didn't tweet it out. Yeah. In time. My, my only other thought there, though, is do you think it was intentional that they sped through the end because they wanted to end with a bang? If they did, they ended it with... If, it, it, was, it was... They were trying... If they were trying to go for a bang, it ended up being just a little... And that was it. Because I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, the, the, the game ended, and I was like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. That's, that, that, it wasn't like, oh, really? I was just like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Um, I'm done. You know, and I, I turned it off, and, and I, I deleted it. Like, I during my really high points of this game, I was eyeing the DLC, saying I'm probably going to buy this DLC and play it, but I don't know if I have the desire to play it now. I hate to say that, because I really like this game a lot, but that ending did kind of sour me. Mm. The the last probably three hours of this game soured me on this game a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. Just enough to be like, I'm done. I had my fun with it. I'm done. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, next one comes in. Dustin? Uh, this was two weeks ago he sent this. Um, do you think AOC has ever streamed ACO? I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I would doubt it. Anyway, what's up, guys? So my history with this franchise is that there was a lot of buzz when 2 came out, and everyone praised this series and said 2 is one of the best sequels in gaming, so you should play one first. I played Assassin's Creed 1, and it is one of the most boring games I have ever played. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. Probably more boring than Kiwami. At least that game had a story you could follow. I then played Assassin's Creed 2, and I didn't know what the fuss was all about. It was more fleshed out and actually had a story with a twist, but it was just as boring, and I never really understood why people loved these games so much. I think this one... I think this is one of the most overrated series in gaming right next to the Elder Scrolls and Halo. Man, you were just stomping on everybody today. <laughs> I ignored the series from here on, but actually own most of them thanks to Ubisoft giving them away with games for Gold or PlayStation Plus. When Origins announced, it looked cool, but I checked out since it was an Assassin's Creed. But when Odyssey was announced, it piqued my interest more, and I heard from or I and I heard from Origins being out that this new game that they were shaking up the formula. But everyone says play Origins before Odyssey, and so here we are. The first impressions are a bit jarring. They throw you some cutscenes that don't make sense, and then you jump forward in time, and you're killing someone with no context, and it takes a while to put everything together. I didn't even know that the one cut scene was uh, Bayek's wife killing a guy. I thought it was him. Egypt is beautiful. The world of the world is remarkable. I started the game on hard, and the enemies are so dumb you can stealth kill them easily just by walking beside them. I turned it up to nightmare. Did a side quest where you're doing a mock fight, and the guys hit me like a truck. And you do so little damage, I turned it to normal just to kill him, then bumped it back to hard. I went about my way to progress the story and then ran into what I think is the worst part of the game, and that is the leveling system. As you guys said, if you're three levels under an enemy's good level, good freaking luck. <laughs> so now I gotta grind and I really don't want to grind. So I seek out side quests and do enough so I can even stand a chance, but most of the side quests I've done are uninteresting, and it feels like a chore. I feel like it's a poor game design. If I'm underleveled, 
but have the skill, I should be able to stand a chance. But you barely do any damage, and enemies hit like a truck, so you don't stand much of a chance and are forced to grind. Even if you lower it to easy, it's about the same. It's the worst way to do difficulty levels. Just move the sliders so they hit harder and have higher hit points, and you have the opposite. And that is. It's a, it's a lazy game design, I feel like. Yeah. On paper, I should love everything about this game. In practice, I'm bored, and I'm just going through the motions. I don't actively hate this game, but I'm not loving it. I've had a couple of day, a couple of play sessions where I enjoyed my time and the game was doing something interesting, like with the Scarab, but it's over as fast as it began. My play sessions are usually of two types, grind side quest till I'm leveled for the next main quest, and doing the main quest and unlocking the next one, which I'm now underleveled for. Can I make a quick point about how dumb it is that you have to go assassinate a target and you're underleveled? It just does heavy damage. Other games do it too, but it's called a stealth attack. But I don't know why it bugs me so much in this game. Maybe because you're an assassin and it's called assassinate. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always another human, but your level dictates if you can or not. I've done some exploring. I seeked out the Final Fantasy XV side quest right away. And no, you don't have to complete the Sphinx butt tomb first. And the guy frozen in ice is Arden, one of the best antagonists in the Final Fantasy series. And the guy in the sky with all the swords flying down is Final Fantasy XV version of Bahamut. Uh, they have a little cutscene that makes no sense. And I've played all the fi- all of Final Fantasy XV and its DLCs. It's just a really weird cameo i've been leveling up that sword since i first got it since it's the best weapon i've found i've done one constellation which was fine but haven't found any of the other ones i don't want to clear out your bandit camps i don't want to find your hidden scrolls either i have done some tombs but so far they are uninteresting i kill a pe- i kill a couple snakes move a box or two break a wall get a treasure meh they should have copied Tomb Raider. I'm in the arena trying to figure out who the crocodile is. It's recommended level 28 and I'm 23, so it looks like I get to grind for the next couple of play sessions. Yay. Yep. Here's hoping the game clicks for me, but honestly, I'm not expecting much. I don't think this series is for me. And let's find out how he finally fared at the end. <laughs> next email. The before and after immediately. Next email uh, is titled PTAC. PTAC. I don't know what that means. Is the T close to the D? It may have been PTAC. I don't know. Anyway. So, I beat Assassin's Creed Origins. I didn't like it. Just not my style. It felt rushed toward the end. Other, uh, end story-wise, and not, uh, none of the characters were really fleshed out very well. The grinding was by far the worst part, since I felt I was falling behind. I just wanted to focus on the main story, and this game will not let you do that. The modern timeline is dumb. You wake up to your friend getting killed, and they're storming your cave, so you stealth kill the five guys, and instead of leaving, you hop back into your machine again like they're not going to send anybody else. (laughs) 
then an assassin wakes you up and you have a small chat, then hom- hop back into your machine. It's so freaking weird. Anyone else roll their eyes when you were the ones who assassinated Caesar? <laughs> <laughs> this game did have a few eye roll moments. It did. It did. I'm not going to lie. It did. I might still give Odyssey and Valhalla a try, but from what I'm hearing, I probably won't like them either if I had a major problems with how we leveled in this game. I started Kiwami 2 and liked what I've played so far. I know there was talk about Death Stranding after, but maybe we should wait for the director's cut. Also, I feel like we should uh, keep up uh, this trend of doing some heavy hitters between the Yakuza games, such as Skyrim, Dying Light, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Vampire the Masquerade, and Planescape Torment, to name a few. Dustin. I didn't... Are they they're making a director's cut of Death Stranding? Yeah, I had heard that, but I don't know what's in it. I haven't heard that. But... Well, thank you for those emails, Dustin. I'm, I'm sorry that uh, you finally discovered that the Assassin's Creed games may not be for you. Um, for a long time there, they weren't for me. I don't know what it was that gripped me about about this game. The exploration really was what it was. The world, I, I yeah. just I just like traveling, like just traveling and, and say, I want to. What's over here? And I see this big thing on the map, and I'm like, I'm going to go there find out what it is, and typically there's something there. Even if it is just a 10-minute little tomb, I still was like, I want to get this tomb done. So, yeah. Aside from that, there wasn't much to chase in this game. And, yeah, that that is a problem. Yeah, because again, I think that's 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 the carrot there for all the exploration. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it for Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm glad we did it finally, and I, I did have a good time with it. Um, but we're going to be moving on to uh, to Yakuza Kiwami Two, which I yeah. There's another another place I want to see some real improvement. I, you will. I don't know if you're going to see it in this one. Because to, yeah. be, to be fair, I don't remember much of this game. <laughs> the only thing I remember not, not is... Not a great starting sign. Well, I remember I remember the villain. But that's the only thing I really remember. As far as the events that take place in this game, I, do, I can't remember. I played yeah. I've played Yakuza 2 one time. And it was on the PlayStation 2. So, it's been a while. But yeah, we are definitely going to be doing that. I've already got it installed. I'm going to be playing it on the uh, Series X. Those faster load times. Yep. It's on Game Pass. Anybody out there who wants to play with us, go for it. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, you can also send us emails. It's Drew at ZTGD.com. Uh, 
you can talk to us about SAS Creed Origins, or you can talk to us about Yakuza Kiwami 2, uh, or anything else you want to talk about. Like anything, suggest some games to us if you want. Uh, we have not set in stone anything as far as what's after Yakuza Kiwami 2. So, if you want to send in some suggestions like Dustin did, most certainly can. I'd, I'll go ahead and tell you, Dustin, I don't think we're going to do Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim is too much. I, I do like the cadence of doing a game in between every Yakuza game because I, I don't want them to get too repetitive right? or just get burned out on them. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like I was really excited to go into Kiwami after taking a break, and I'm really excited now to go into Kiwami 2 after a little break. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I think I think we're we're, we're doing it right. I think I feel like, and it's good because in between the games we can do something completely different. So we did an yeah. Assassin's Creed game. Next time we could do we did an RPG in between a turn based RPG. You know, the next thing we could do is something completely different. So it, it it really depends. I like I, I know there's a few things. There's been a couple of things that have kind of hit me that I, I want to try. So Matt, I'll just go ahead and ask you, and I'll say it on air because uh, <laughs> it's something that has been on my to go back to list to see how it holds up. Mm. What 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 are you about? Just curious. What? Uh, how far back are you going? How far back are you talking? The original list that we came up with that we both shared with each other. It's on that list, and the reason why I bring it up now is because we're getting a remake of it in a couple of months. Is it? Diablo 2? It is Diablo 2. Because I I was happy to see that re-announced and then way happier when I found out it was coming to consoles. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to buy Diablo 2 remaster the day it comes out. Yeah, me, me too. I feel, I feel like we should probably do that in between the Yakuza game. That that would be awesome because I told you about my my wish and desire to play it buying the battle chest and then and then just being like yeah I I need to figure out how to install mods because bring this up it looks like garbage yeah. <laughs> I'm like I don't need much but a little smoothing would be nice here oh dude they they completely redid that game have you seen the footage of that game uh, I have not actually. oh man it looks great. It looks that they even have on the website a slider where you can you can oh, go from that. the from the from the original to the remake and just bring it back and forth and they do the same animations and everything. Oh, it looks fantastic, yep. dude! I love that on the Command and Conquer remake as well. Yep, where you can just kind of like click between the new and old. Yep. So yeah, no, I I feel like when the remaster of Diablo two comes out, which I believe is in September. Diablo 2. Release date announced. Resurrected. September 23rd. September 23rd. So maybe in between Yakuza 3 and 4. 
Oh, this would be awesome. Yeah. I, I think I think we should set that up. Many years this has been on my list. So let me ask you this, Matt, where are you gonna get it? Uh, depends if there's multiplayer. Oh, there is. Which there must be, right? Uh, I believe it's, it's like ten player multiplayer. Mm, that would be my driving factor. If 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 I was never intending to play this multiplayer, it would definitely be on, say, the PS5. But this this might have to be uh, a Series X game. Okay. Okay. Should we go for a co-op playthrough? Oh, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, the, the, I think these are a lot more fun when we when we get to experience them together. Right. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely love a, a co-op playthrough of this. Okay. Maybe we'll do that then. Do you have a, do you have a class in mind? Uh, I do not yet. Okay. I need to do some research first. Yeah. I, uh... We'll, we'll say... We'll, I'll save that for, for when we get closer to it. I, I played a, a metric crap ton of Diablo 2. In fact, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I... The majority of my time was one single class. <laughs> in fact, there are classes in Diablo 2 that I have never played. And I put probably over 400 hours into Diablo 2. That's awesome. That's stupid is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's stupid that I did that. So I played exclusively the Necromancer. Like that was my go-to guy. Um, and I felt like I might need to make another Necromancer. But I shouldn't do that. I need to, I need to make a different character. <laughs> I, I, need, I, really, I really need to go branch out a little bit. I'll probably. But end you up, also need to do necromancer. I, it's changed them, right? That's that's true. I, I need to also see. I may make a side character that's a necromancer and just play it. But I feel like I need to play something else. Maybe Amazon or Paladin. I don't know. We'll see. Well, there you go. We got we got that game settled. Uh, but first. Yakuza 2. That's our, that's our next one. And that's what we're going to be playing, uh, starting next week. So anybody out there who is going to be following along with us, please, please send those emails in. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'll keep an eye on the Twitter for, um, for where we're going to probably try and stop for the first recording. Uh, and, uh, yeah, send in those emails. But that's going to be it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much. I know this podcast has been a mess, both with recording issues as well as me not knowing what the hell we just played. <laughs> but uh, we made it through. Uh, until next time, though, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week, and we will be back next week with the beginning of Yakuza 2. Yakuza 2.